Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about Veruca Salt. Uh, Chris, you've picked Seether by Veruca Salt. Bit of a weird one, this. Yes. Um, after, after sending me a very, very long message, being very detailing in quite specifications exactly what you wanted as a one-hit wonder you have picked not even their biggest song on spotify um a song that never charted had two goes at charting in the uk um the first one reaching number 61 on the 27th of july 1994 in december it got back up to number 73 again they've had four more top 100 uk chart placings but 1997's volcano girls is actually their highest charting song reaching number 56 mainly possibly because of its use in the 1997 rose mcgowan film jawbreaker but not only is it this seether not veruca salt's biggest highest charting song in the uk it's also not their most streamed song on spotify either so you know what what are you playing at i actually have to correct you there i'm really sorry steve but i did check this and um it's number two when it comes up on the list but seether has 13 13 million five hundred twenty three thousand and nine plays and volcano goes oh, has 13 million three hundred and seventeen thousand four hundred sixty five that sorry, might have been say. the amount of times i've listened to it oh, yeah. in the last couple of days <laughs> just, just tipped it over <laughs> So I listen to it a lot. See, oh, it does I, come well, up as number two, but it is actually, it is actually, um, it's gone higher up. Has it has it? gone higher. Up, yeah. I, Fair I, enough. I've never heard this song, Volcano Girl. So how does how does it go? I don't know that, is yeah. it good? I didn't listen to it. Does it go off? I guess it does. Hey, you'll love it. <laughs> hey, you guys aren't coming back on anytime soon. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, it's fair. It's fair. No, the thing is, right? You are absolutely right, Steve. I. I tried to drill down into what constituted a one-hit wonder. We looked at uh, you know a variety of of things that we could consider, but then I remembered this song, and I just remember, and it's another one that stands out t- to me as a classic one-hit wonder song because they didn't really do it. When they didn't make any impact, as we've just discussed, you know, mm. they are a fucking tiny band. They released this one was their first single, I think. And then the rest were just other bits and pieces. They never got a hit. But I do remember this at the time. Uh, what was it? You say 94, was it? 94, yeah. 94. I remember this in 94. And it was, if you if you know it, if you listen to it, it's very in that uh, breeders uh, kind of thing. That, that, yeah. Uh, the, the, the American college rock, female-fronted, uh, but with a, with a pop hook on it. I remember it coming through so well and being so impressed and expecting things to happen again. When they didn't, it was a surprise to me. But this was another really big indie club hit for me. Um, got played loads, got requested loads. People know the song. Um, I guess these days it's maybe even sort of a little kind of a badge of credibility to go, oh yeah, I remember Seether. It's one of those ones that the cool kids liked at the time or this sort of thing. I remember just loving it so much um, because it, it is insanely bubbly, catchy, and therefore it's stuck in my mind and has done for 25 years. And therefore, in the same way as Harvey Danger or whatever, it is one of those big one-hit wonders in my head, this is another one. So I, I definitely can't talk my way into going, oh, but it fits all the criteria, because it doesn't. But in the, in the instant thing of my head, it was one of the ones that came to mind. And listening through, you know, the amount of times I've, I've listened to, to the songs in my list, I was like, oh, yeah, this this is good. This was the one, though, that I did swap out for Whale. 
because I had whale in my initial list and I put this in instead of it just because I thought uh, it's another uh, female fronted indie dance floor early 90s one that I, they're too they're not similar but they're too much mm. uh, associated in my head I don't need two of them and I ended up going on the, the side of Seether mm. fair I mean do you know what I think most people I all I knew I remember the name Veruca Salt I know that Louise Post, their guitarist, used to go out with Dave Grohl and then apparently cheated mm. on her with Winona Ryder. That was a bit of goss, wasn't it, from the Ooh. day? Oh. I'd never listened to this song before, though. I'd never listened to Veruca Salt. I remember they played V Festival in about 1997, which I didn't go to, but I just remember, like, oh, Veruca Salt are over here, and that's right. the thing. You know, Babes in Toyland, L7, all that thing was sort of happening. I sort of lumped them in Bikini Kill, lumped them in with all that kind of stuff. And um, I'd never, but I'd never listened to any Veruca Salt in my life until you brought this in and for a second i thought it was going to be get free by the vines because it has got the same oh, guitar it's a lot fucking better than that to be fair um i've listened to this loads i think this is fucking great it's great it's really catchy isn't it yeah just great a tune. lovely song yeah. great tune renfrey's nodding along i'm with steve in every single possible way also in terms of the fact that i had not heard any veruca salt before this and all i really knew about them is one of them used to date dave Grohl as well yeah okay, um, there's right. quite quite a few um gaps in my what i'm gonna broadly term riot girl knowledge um the riot girl bands that i know i know really well so i'm a huge Slita kinney obsessive for example but the ones i don't um i've not really gone like i've never really gone in on babes in toyland which i know is probably a massive massive mistake of mine but i thought this was um absolutely fantastic i love this song and oh, it, i'm very pleased it really encapsulates um the whole movement for me i think um produced by brad wood who's a bit of a favorite of mine as a producer mainly because he um produced the first sunny day real estate album in the same year that this came out which i fucking adore um, <sighs> but he also produced liz fair placebo me without you tortoise and smashing pumpkins um so yeah uh, i'm a huge fan of his work i i think this is wicked i i would take this over most whole songs i would say as an example sure no i mean i would too but i'm not a big fan of hole in general I, i'm ho-hum on hole <laughs> yeah oh. uh, actually that's not true uh... <laughs> that's a great phrase <laughs> um no i'm a ho-hum on the band hole um but i mean you know the the big songs are the, great. the band hole which 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 one's which one's been banned <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> I mean, I know which one's been banned in my marriage. But... <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, you you must also like the fact that they called their album that this was taken from American Thighs, yeah. which is obviously an ACDC yeah. line. They they, they, they they love that shit as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I think this is great. Um, Dave, you got anything to say that's yeah, not, not disgusting to say about this? <laughs> no, I mean, this is, this is just a big tune, man. I, I, I loved this tune when it was out. Uh, my, my friend Darren was big into this. Shout out to Darren. Uh, he listened, he had the album, so I was I used to smoke a lot around there, so I heard this album quite a bit. It was a good, good album, Nothing, never quite as good as this single, though, um, which kind of deserved all of the radio play that it got, man. So, yeah, big up this. This is on my grunge compilation 
Which, and, you know, it kind of it squeaks in as a, a justifiable mention. It's kind of a couple of years after the fact, really, mm-hmm. for grunge. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I would like this tune a great deal. Another solid pick from my uh, yeah. hetero life mate, Christopher. And it was, yeah. apparently, I looked it up, it was named the 10th best grunge song ever by Paste magazine whenever they did something in 2014. Oh, wow. So it's they're huge. lumping it in with that as well. Lumpy Paste. Yes. <laughs> and it was number three in John Peel's Festive 50 of that year, 94. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I think very, very good. Seether by Veruca Salt. Yes, yeah, great. Uh, which brings us to Renfrey's next pick, <laughs> which comes from Eagle Eyed Cherry. Save tonight. Very much the Stephen Baldwin of the Cherry family. <laughs> um, <laughs> Swedish singer-songwriter Eagle Eyed Cherry, the son of the jazz musician Don Cherry and the visual artist Moki Cherry, and uh, his elder sister is Nana Cherry. She of Buffalo Stance and lots of other good things, but nothing really quite as good as Buffalo Stance <laughs> fame. Um, basically, Buffalo Stance, possibly just that song, better than Led Zeppelin's entire discography combined, Ooh. I would say. Um, and uh, this, but anyway, we're not going to talk about uh, anything good. We're going to talk about Save Tonight by Eagle <laughs> Cherry. This was his debut single, reached number six on the UK singles chart after its release on the 7th of October 1997. Taken from his debut album, Desireless, he had one other top 10 hit, Falling in Love Again, following after this, but um, only one more UK top 40 hit. He did have two more hits uh, in the UK top 50 for the rest of his career. Um, this song won the Swedish Song of the Year in 1997. Wow. That's the same wow. year. By the way, um, I know Shape of Punk to Come by Refuse came out the next year, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, so it did. So there'd be the two. Um, Renfri, go on. This, this is my pick, and I don't think it deserved to win Best Swedish Song of <laughs> 1997. <laughs> Yeah, surely there were some stackable remixes that could have got it better. Well, yeah, okay. exactly, man. There was, a, there was a third stackable record that just wasn't getting I mean, like, the love it needed. Justice for Mill and Colin. I never thought I'd say it. <laughs> um, okay, so this this is this is definitely the choice for me, which is uh, the most nostalgic. I think it's fair to say. Um, the friend who I mentioned before, um, who I used to go around and watch MTV. The video for this song, I don't know if either of you remember, but it is really yeah. fucking cool. Um, basically, it's it's uh, uh, Eagle Eye. Is that what we call mm. him? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> um, he's your mate. He's my, he's my pal, yeah. Um, it's one of those like early kind of... Well, it's not a morphing video. It's, it, he plays several different characters and he like he robs himself and all this kind of thing and, and his face is revealed and it's Eagle Eye Cherry. Oh, bonkers. But I absolutely <laughs> just this video used to come on a lot and the video in particular i was just so impressed with at that time i think nowadays it's still impressive but like you can tell how it's done it's not like difficult but well, at the time like, it seemed having, really... having watched it having watched it about two hours ago i can tell you that today it's not that impressive <laughs> is it something that tiktok does automatically <laughs> well yeah. it probably is unfortunately but when I was 12 years old, when the song came out, um, I thought it was really, really fucking impressive. Um, and uh, I mean, one thing from Mr. Cherry himself, uh, it was the last song that he wrote for his debut album and he wanted it to be special, something that would stand the test of time. Um, now, whatever we think of this song, I mean, this song is still played quite regularly, uh, I think. And, and I, you know, I mean, it's only... A- Where? <laughs> In Weatherspoons. Around Renfrey's house. <laughs> fucking... They're not allowed to play music Hang, hang on, mate. So let me, just put, let me just put my Heart FM app on and see... If... Oh, it's on, 
It's on the wave. The <laughs> long I t- wave. <laughs> I tell you what, Renfrey, to back you up slightly, and I listen to this, and this is how deep I go on this shit. So, patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. <laughs> I deserve some money, thank you. Uh, in 2010, the Swedish boy band EMD had a hit with this song, which reached number three in the Swedish charts. Um, it is fucking awful, that version. <laughs> it is fucking unbearable. It is an unbearable atom bomb of shite all overwrought tacky strings on it i actually listened to a few more because they did a, this this boy band did a covers album and they cover what is love funnily enough um ironic by Lance morissette you and me song by the wanna dies and dancing in the moonlight and i'd never heard of this band but now i want to take them to guantanamo bay <laughs> like, they are f- fucking awful awful so the Eagle Eye Cherry version is far better than the 2010 EMD version. I have stats to back me up. I mean, on Spotify, this song has 340,246,411 plays. So that mm. that's massive, massive numbers. Like, it is still Damn. played quite regularly. Um, at first, Cherry thought the song was too good. Even I <laughs> lifted an eyebrow at that and was convinced he inadvertently ripped off another musician. When I wrote the riff in the chorus, I was racking my brain thinking I'd stolen it, he explained. I thought that someone must have used this because it was too good. Uh, Look, man, this is like this is like every fucking cocaine dealer that's ever gone. Uh, uh, I've actually had complaints about this stuff. People have said it's too strong. <laughs> I mean, the reason it sounds like a million other songs is because it uses the same chord sequence that's used in a million pop songs. It's that... It's that that chord sequence. Um, I I appreciate that I'm in the minority with this song, but I I personally don't think that it is a bad song. I just think it's a hugely derivative (laughs) song. Um, I mean, obviously, some people disagree. Um, that is just like the Dave. definition of faint praise. It's like, oh, you know, tell us your top five songs, Redfrey. Well, this one, it's not technically a bad song. you are coming across as somebody who just hates music. <laughs> <laughs> and themselves. <laughs> um, the case for the... Well, it's hugely uh, nostalgic I mean, case, for me. That's why it's in Yeah, here. yeah, of course, Fine. of course. I mean, look, I used to fucking despise this song. And when I put it on, I was like, this is a a twee enough little piece of folky pop rock yeah i don't i don't despise i mean having done broken records i've heard things that are awful so much and i don't think this is fucking awful but lads um uh, thoughts on this uh can i just shock you for a minute Mm -hmm. i like eagle eye cherry no (laughs) (laughs) no look man i don't this is this is a terrible terrible artist who had a pretty solid pop song this is not a bad song i'm, I'm being a prick yeah. uh, uh, the, the chorus that save tonight yeah. tomorrow i'll be gone that's kind of you know it's quite catchy it's yeah. quite nice it gets its hook into you it, this was playing a lot when i was working at hmv and it was one of the songs on the fucking repeating hourly track that i would find myself humming along to in terms of the whole eagle eye cherry aesthetic however let us not fuck it this is music for people who have got dream catchers in their house isn't it <laughs> this is for this is for people who have got a single gull feather as a fucking earring right these are people that are walking the line between like wolf ownership and homelessness 
Like this, this song, it's music for fucking people you don't want in your life. People that you will cut out faster than anti-vaxxers just because they're new age pricks. <laughs> I'm not wrong. I can't I? disagree with any of that. Annoyingly, um, but but yeah, yeah, nostalgia is a powerful thing. Is all I say. Mm. <laughs> so is hatred. Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christa, you got anything to um, add to that? I mean, I. I would go so far as to say I think this is a bad song. Okay. I think this is really dull. Um, and whenever you mentioned that that band also covered Dancing in the Moonlight, yeah. that's, that's where I place this. And you, you, I can't say it's as offensive as you know lots of other shit that you would have had to listen to. Because it's not, I want to gouge my ears off, but it's just dull to me. It's just really stupefyingly nothing. It's a, it's a grey beige wash of a song for me. I would actually admit it's furniture. It's furniture music, yeah. you know, it's background music. But I think my connection with it is so strong with the video, which at the age of 12, uh, may I write you, impressed me so much. I just right. can't, I can't forget, you know, that association I mean, with it. I will give you, I have not written it in my list of the worst ones. Okay. So it can't, oh. it can't be that bad. Yeah. But it was nowhere close. I didn't even think of it as a possibility yeah. in a long list. Yeah, yeah not for me. Fair. Not for me. Yeah. There you go, Renvery. <laughs> You've embarrassed yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Dave, you picked Here Comes a Hot Stepper by Eni Kamosi which is your next pick, released on the 18th of August 1994, the lead single from the Jamaican dancehall artist and his only... UK chart placing, which reached number four on the UK singles chart. His previous single was 1992's Hill and Gully Ride. We all remember that. Hill and Gully Ride, I take oh, it. Oh, yeah, we all remember that. We all remember yeah. that one. It's taken <laughs> from the album Here Comes a Hot Stepper. Um, he's actually done a lot when you look at it, Eni Kamosi. He has literally never, ever had anything approaching vaguely a, ch- a, a, a hit single at all, apart from this song. This is absolutely the definition of a one-hit wonder yet despite that he has got lots and lots and lots of albums and he appears to have lots of music his next single he released was called listen me tick open brackets woyoy close brackets in 1995 which i listened to and it's uh it's really not good at all (laughs) so it makes sense but yeah here comes a hot stepper we all know it. We all love the yeah. mid-90s reggae revival. Everybody loved that, didn't they? Bitty McLean, It's Rain, It's Raining. Jack Ademson Pliers, Mr. Bombastic. We all loved all that. Classics. I've already mentioned Diana King, Shy Guy. There was a time when that happened, and it was great. And I think Here Comes a Hot Stepper got to be vying for the gold medal of all that, right? I mean, it's, it's got to be, man. It's got that hip-hop massive swagger to it. It's just got that, you know, it's got that kind of cut-up sample, uh, and it's got... Aini Kamosi saying murderer all the way through. It's murderer. If it was just that, murderer. I'd, murder. I mean, just listen to that. I mean, even when I'm doing it, it's good. <laughs> murderer. I mean, everybody join in after three, three. Murderer. There we go. See? Yeah. Fucking yeah, brilliant. Good. We're all doing it now. It's catchy. And no, it, this is a great tune, man. It's just. Uh, Come on, man. The whole tune is fucking brilliant. It's got this massive, massive, big beat swagger to it. It's silly. It's kind of ridiculous. It's bouncy. It's kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just everything that I want out of a big kind of popped up ragger song. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's it's up there with Trailer Load of Girls by Shabba Ranks. <laughs> 
Did you like it on upon release? Well, I mean, come on, yeah. we knew each other when this song came out. I was fucking all over this song. Yeah. This was uh, whenever the, I, I would request this in clubs, and people would go, "Really?" And I'd be go, "Fucking play it!" And we'd get a dance floor. <laughs> That's how it went, man. I, you know, I put this in with um, like as well, kind of in in, in the sweat. You know, remember that track um, uh, "B Boy Stance" by the Freestylers? Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I could have, you know, if I if I if I was trying to kind of play credibility points, I could have I could have gone for that instead of this. Again, that big, you know, like, I mean, I I do I, I love a track with a big ragged bassline, like you know, like if you go back to the left field album, you know, like kind of destination check stuff like that, you know, um, yeah, I I think I think this tune is just a massive reggae tinged pop banger with a hip hop sensibility. It's so fucking nineties if you cut it. If you cut it down as a picture of Robbie Williams in the middle, but it's you know it, this is a great tune, man. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah, me too. And I am not going to chitter change change my opinion on this song <laughs> ever. <laughs> yes. Uh, someone, someone got a Westwood effect. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Um, I don't. Yeah, exactly. I have to say, if I do have one criticism of it, I'm not quite sure what Mr. Kamozi is talking about because he says here comes a hot stepper murderer he's a lyrical gangster murderer he says when he's saying murder I'm always like is this good or I'm is it is it is, is he like the guy or does he not I've never been able to work out no no we don't no, he, die he, yes, he, he's, I'm not sure I think he's the hot stepper he's he's gonna come and murder you lyrically yeah. he is the greatest MC he is okay, yeah, right, he is, uh, yeah that, that's, that's yeah. where he's coming he's, from it's, okay. it's a it's a it's a big dick fucking lyrical swagger kind of, of I'm the best MC yeah. it's a, a hip hop classic and staple he's committing mm. metaphorical murder with his rhymes and and lyrics it's not that he's just got athlete's foot and he's got really sore hot feet that's not what he's talking about now. No, no, you're thinking of the song "My Dogs Are Barking" by <laughs> <laughs> the f- any country and Western artist ever, <laughs> by John Candy and Train Spain's. Yeah. Uh, uh, everyone got that good, um, Krista. No, no, I did. I did enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, out of interest, out of interest, we've got a uh, we've got a, a, a doorstop shaped like an otter. Uh, that's called Shiny Kamozi, uh, but which is a it's, it's a shit pun between Iny Kamozi and the Ring of Bright Water. So Shiny Kamozi, <laughs> nice. I'm like a it. professional comedian. <laughs> Very good. I, I I rate that. I mean, you know, I wouldn't pay to see that as an Edinburgh show, admittedly. But I like it. <laughs> that is, I mean, Shiny Kamozi. <laughs> uh, Christa, you wanna you wanna chime in on the um, the Iny Kamozi loving? I, mean, I, I I have to agree. It's it's a fucking wicked song. All I will say is that it took me a while. Um, I did not like this when it came out. Um, I consider is that is that your is that your hatred of Cod Rego? Yes, it absolutely is. Uh, and my I I I thought it was novelty. I thought it was like a novelty song. It's like oh fuck this, I can't be bothered, and totally dismissed it. But you, ha- if you keep on hearing this tune, you are eventually going to go. This is catchy as shit. And I'm all right with it now. And yeah, so it took me a little while, but I came round, and it's now again loads of fun. It's another big one that you just want to have a have a party with. Would you say that you still love it like that? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes. I mean, I get what you're saying because I think that whole mid '90s reggae revival thing, which I mentioned, which was very much like pop reggae. You know what I mean? Like my the first music I liked, I think as we said when we did our specials, uh, classic album special, uh, was you know Madness and the specials and the select. And then I started wanting to hear like Jimmy Cliff and Bob Marley and stuff. So I had tried to listen to Trojan Records and all the kind of early Scar and stuff. So when this came along, 
I was probably too young to be that cynical about it, really. I mean, I was probably about 15. So when, like, you know, um, Come Back by uh, Pat O'Banton featuring <laughs> sure. Ali Campbell came, yeah. I wasn't like, well, this isn't, you know, this isn't a proper, like, dub reggae. Like, what? I just went, oh, yeah, it's reggae, great. And I kind of felt like this about most of that stuff. I, I But this is, this is the best. This is probably the best one. Yeah, I mean, I think we we, we, we all drew the line at bubbling hot by uh, Rankin Roger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I didn't. I'd want to put that on after we finish. I want to end this. This podcast is over, guys. I got to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're bubbling hot like the soup in our pot. Yeah, wow. we're bubbling hot, hot, hot. Anyway, hot, hot. <clears throat> don't, do is... the ac- don't do the accent. No, don't, don't do, do the accent. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the greatest 90s uh, reggae song uh, is not eligible to be discussed here because it, certainly they had many hits, but mm. it's uh, it's a Stay With Me Baby by New Kids on the Block. We're oh, my Lord. Of that. Oh, oh, my fucking no, God. Do, it, yeah, for any of the listeners who have not heard that, uh, it was a shock to us when we had to do the uh, New Kids album that that's on. We could not believe what we were listening to because it is outrageous wow. nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 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 like Donny Donny Wahlberg. He's doing audio blackface. Oh, oh. He, well, he's, as yeah. as is funnily enough on Broken Records, we recently did Vanilla Ice and his 1998 new metal album, and he just decides halfway through to start bogling for, for like no reason. Absolutely ridiculous. So yeah. um, I don't want to be jumping putting those people. Let's move on. Here comes, <laughs> yeah. a, here comes a hot stepper. Uh, my next pick is whoa, 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 in whoa. the. You mean- haven't asked me what I think of this. Oh, song. sorry, mate. I Ooh, thought you just went. You were nodding away with such enthusiasm that go on Renfrey. Yeah, well, no, I think this song's fucking brilliant, absolutely oh, amazing, good. and I like it more now than I did back then as well. Because I think maybe I was probably too young to even kind of um, like put this into into a, a thought in my mind. But yeah, I think because it came at the same time as a lot of that pop reggae stuff, I just sort of put it in with that. But then listening back to it now, it this is huge this is such a great song uh, apparently Inny Kamosa's name means mountain of the true god fun fact ah. what what, do, what does uh, shiny Kamosi mean uh, uh, it means uh, it smells like otters <laughs> <laughs> fine I'll do <laughs> uh, my pick my next pick is in the meantime by Space Hog the debut single from the English rock band who weirdly formed in New York City. Uh, Space Hog, a band who all I really remember about them is them getting loads of hype early on. I remember reading in Kerrang! that people like Kate Moss would turn up to their gigs all the time and it's just a load of beautiful people turning up to see them in their thousands in America and in Britain no one had ever heard of them before. They were from Leeds or something ridiculous I think initially but they formed in the US. Anyway, before their debut album, Resident Alien, was released, this was the lead single. It peaked at number 29 on the UK singles chart after coming out on the 16th of December 1996. They never hit the top 40 again. Carry On went to number 43 from this album and from the Chinese album, which was their second album. Mungo City got to number 79. Despite this chat about the fact that they were massive in the US... This actually went even lower in the US than in the UK. It only got to number 32 after it was released on the 19th of March 1996. A bit like Spaceman by Babylon Zoo. It was on a BT advert. They just used the phone bit. Rubbish. Mm-hmm. But I think I was pretty... 97, I would have started being a bit sceptical about music and about bands. And when I read that these English rock bands in Kerrang! I would have read this English rock band are in America... And Kate Moss and Linda Evangelista and Naomi Campbell and all these kind of movie stars are going out to see them. And I thought, they sound like they'll be absolute load of old bum. 
and then Space Hog played this song on TFI Friday and I was like this is a fucking great song and Lord only knows what any other Space Hog song sounds like <laughs> but this song this bass like that bass line that, doom, 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 that spacey kind of stinging the police bass line and that weird kind of vocal melody that their lead singer um, Royston Langdon does trying to be a kind of um, somewhere between Ian Curtis and David Bowie I think but with <laughs> more swagger um, it's fucking brilliant and the <laughs> who doesn't love a high pitched well, someone might say they don't in a minute, but I mean, I think this this is a fucking this is a fucking great song, and it's properly taken on a life its own after the event. I think because they weren't big in the UK at all. The, the album did actually go gold in the US and platinum in Canada, but they're smaller than Bush in the UK, and Bush get loads of shit. So I mean, it's this song, and it is a fucking great song. Yeah, I think this is a perfect choice for a one-hit wonder, man. This is like this is. Uh... Yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those songs that actually, I kind of, I I never remember who the song is by when I hear it. I'm like, oh, it's this song because yeah, it was on the advert. It's in the Zeitgeist. It's and it's a great kind of weird little odd kind of pop indie oddity. Um, and yeah, I, I, it would have never come to mind this song, but I think this is all you know, in much the same way that uh, like Flagpole Sitter is. This is almost. A kind of a, a quintessential choice for this list, in my opinion. Yeah, it's. A, I'm glad it's in the list because uh, I don't think it would have been a good list without it. Oh, this it's is wonderful. This song. It's so catchy. And I remember the first time hearing this, because uh, it's got, like you said, that phone but that do 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 do, just that intro. But then when it kicks in with the guitar and the instantly, that's a fucking hook to die for. Baseline coming in, everything, chorus, bam, crash. It is brilliant, this song. And I very nearly have this in my list as well. I was between this and, and Harvey Danger again. So good. No one heard the album. No one cares. No one gives a shit. He, he married... Oh, who did he, he marry? Liv Tyler. He married Liv Tyler. He's happy. He don't give two fucks if no one likes his band apart from this song. <laughs> He's made enough money off this, I'm imagining, to make, like last him forever on royalties for this one song mm-hmm. classic you say he's happy i mean they split up in 2008 and then he went and reformed space hog um, oh that's a bad idea <laughs> Ooh, right <laughs> yeah. no don't do that mate so maybe Jesus. Well, not happy. Also, also, i mean to be, to be fair out of the two of them she's paying the alimony <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> yeah um they also he was in the 2008 joaquin phoenix mockumentary I'm still here. He played quite a big part in that. Oh, so, you know, okay. he's, he's in that as well. Um, they came back after that and they released their fourth album as it is on planet Earth in 2013. What they're doing now, I have no idea. They actually also, because the song was on Rock Band 3 and Guitar Hero 5, they re-recorded the song. And I would say to everyone, go and listen to the re-recorded version of this, which is arguably even better. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Mm. Big words. I like it. Sounds really, really good. And he's. Did they re-record it on the Guitar Hero drum kit? <laughs> yeah, they might have done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it, does, it does. It sounds really good. The re-recorded version of it sounds really, really fucking good. Oh, yeah. sweet! Great song. I think this is a really cool, like slacker alt rock banger. You know, 
Um, I don't really recall it from the time, if I'm totally honest. Um, but I like it, and it makes me nostalgic for the '90s, even though I don't remember it. Have you? Were you familiar with it in the inter in the years? This isn't the first time you've heard it. I'm assuming, Renfrey. It doesn't feel like it is, because you know I remember the advert and stuff. Uh, the the, mm. the, advert, the uh, orange, whatever it was. But you know, like I, I, I don't. I didn't recall it entirely, but it sounded vaguely familiar, you know. But certainly, like, mm. it, 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 it sums up everything I like about this type of alt-rock 90s song, you know. Um, and I, I really, really like it. Um, the ending of this song sounds almost exactly like the first few seconds of Apple Bite by Soundgarden. It's just a little... Soundgarden. Sound of the police. The sound of the police. <laughs> yeah. Always with Renfrew, yeah. Um, yeah, it, uh, I'd not noticed that, but I hadn't but put does. that yeah, together. Yeah. But yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's a great song. Just a fucking great song. Great song. Yeah. I mean, you know, kind of, again, frustrating. They did four albums. Fuck knows what they sound like. I literally don't know. I, I love this song, but I don't. I love it so much that I don't want to listen to anything else they've ever done. Because <laughs> if it's not as good as this, then I don't believe that it can be. Otherwise, we'd all know about it, right? That's sure. the thing. You would. If it was yeah, as good, yeah. you'd have heard it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> I say, well, it's just set up a little mental, like, kind of little side little uh, side mission in my mind on, like, kind of 90 songs that were in adverts. What was the art? Who did Underwater Love? What was the, Smoke the City. artist? Smoke City. That was a fucking tune as well. That was great. Yeah. 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 Anyway, there are a lot of them. Anyway, Christy, your next pick comes from Zoe, Sunshine on a Rainy Day, as, <laughs> uh, as yes. covered by Naomi Campbell quite well, actually. <laughs> this is was a. It? Yeah. I haven't heard it. I'm no, just, I, I, it was actually. I'm, before I'm you, as surprised as you. Before you all fucking kick off <laughs> listening out there. You know what I think about that Naomi Campbell album. You leave it alone. Um, we did Naomi is, Campbell's debut album on Broken Records, and Steve really uh, likes it. I Genuinely. like it. Yeah. Well, when we say wow. debut, that suggests the no, more. no, her only album. <laughs> it's called Baby yeah. Woman. It's quite good, lads. Wicked. Now, lads, it's quite good. Youth and Bomb the Bass are on it. It's true. Writing oh, okay. songs and stuff. Yes. It's not a bad record. Okay. All right. Renfrey's just a fucking snob. He... Anyway, let's not go into that. That's quite a sore point, as you can probably do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the debut single from the UK singer, first released to a fairly tepid response in 1990 when it only hit number 53. It was re-released after being remixed by the British producer Mark Spike Stent in 1991 and peaked at number four in the UK singles chart on the 24th of August. It was taken from her debut album, Scarlet Red and Blue. She had two more top 100 UK hits, uh, Lighting, Lightning hitting number 37 and Holy Days hitting number 73. Um, Krista, mm. gone. This is a surprising choice, but a good choice, I think. It probably is. Um, I have very little, you know, again, if I'm looking at my list of songs I could have chosen, there are definitely some songs that are better than this. I've already mentioned Deed Light, Grooves in the Heart, which is an absolute classic. Stuff like this definitely could have been on there, but this song just makes me really happy. Um, it was one of the ones, and you're right, it, it didn't make any impact on the charts in 1990. I do remember it from then, but in a very vague way. But it was the re-release, the 91 re-release, which was a bit more punchy. Uh, it had a bit more of a, a groove to it that really just g gave it the kick it needed. Because it's, it's a great song, it's a great tune, but it production-wise it wasn't, uh, it was a bit too fucking fluffy or whatever. And the re-release just hit it out of the park for me. And it's one of these ones that the chorus soars off into space when it kicks off. Yeah. Um, and it makes me think of 
of obviously sunshine, just open skies, having a lovely fucking time, and being 15, 16 again, I suppose. There's definitely a nostalgia thing, the same way that Renfrey had with Eagle Eye. This brings me back to a wicked place. And it's one of these ones that, if you had to, if, again, if I'm trying to name one hit wonders, I couldn't have named you anything else she did. So, in my head, this is the only thing she ever did, and I don't care. And it's because it's absolutely it's a perfect little pop song. And it's one of these ones that just thrills me whenever it comes on. I love it. Yeah, I really, I've always, I always love this. I remember it coming out, I love it. I don't have a lot to say about it, I just think it's fucking great. I watched both the videos for the 1990 and the 1991 one. <laughs> I can see why the video was more popular for the 1991 one, yeah. where she's uh, doing yoga stretches in less clothes, basically, isn't she? Um, Renfrey, I'm wondering if you'd even heard this before Naomi Campbell got her hands on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I oh I had heard this song. Um, I think this is an absolutely huge tune. And as soon as I press play on it, probably more, more accurately as soon as the chorus came in, um, I went straight back to 1991. This is, it, it, it's just undeniably massive. Um, the chorus in particular. And when we were talking about earlier about like, certain songs the melody is just so good that you can't deny it i think that this is one of those ones it's interesting what you say about the remix i don't actually know what version i've been listening to i have to confess but i was going to say that i think this sounds so big and it isn't anything to do with production or any clever technical tinkering but it's because the melody is just so massive i mean maybe if i listen to um maybe if i find out that i've been listening to the new one and i listen to the old one i I wouldn't think that but i don't know i just think the melody is so instantaneous and so joyful and so it just lifts you yeah it lifts you up you'd have to be quite a miserable person if this song didn't lift you in any way shape or form a bit worried about mm. what dave's about to say <laughs> 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 look man look, look for me now you, you unfortunately you're unfortunately i can't offer a voice of dissent here because this song to me it, it breathes very rarefied air okay now like after the end of the act, like the, the thing that um, the, you know, kind of the, the the era of rock music being pop music, you know, was you know in the seventies, in through the eighties. Obviously, you know, you had kind of Bowie, and you had, you know, you kind of had the whole yacht rock thing. You had the kind of the the soft rock ballads, everything in the eighties. Once you start getting into the nineties, rock music starts becoming a lot more serious, um, and pop rock music in itself, it it becomes. Uh, a lot less common uh, and it, and certainly in terms of levels of success where so for me this kind of early 90s uh, rock based pop song you know you kind of it, this is just a massive massive track with a rock base to it and somehow remains successful like you, for me it lives in the same space as like the best stuff that rock set did it lives in the same space as let loose crazy sleeping satellite um, by tasman archer chuck that in brilliant that's on my list yeah on the list brilliant that was yeah, quite close you know, to getting uh, in for me Mm. Yeah, you know, show me heaven, Maria McKee, almost, but almost that's probably a little bit more kind of eighties. But yeah, th- I've got no issues with this song at all. This is just, this is just a big, happy chorus. In fact, I've got a, I've got a, a playlist on Spotify of songs that make me happy, and I've just added it to it as we've been. Good man, good man. Now it is. I think we all um, like this song a lot. 
if you'd like to not like it, if you ever feel like I don't want to like this song, I don't know why you'd feel that, but if you would like to not like this song, let me point you in the direction of Emma Bunton's debut album, A Girl Like Me, where she did a appalling cover of this song, oh, which no. is full of the kind of... Do you remember when we did Madonna, Renfrey? We did Madonna's mm. American Life on Broken Records, that mm. a horrible broken acoustic guitar, that kind of stop-start, broken beat acoustic yeah. guitar thing. Ugh. It is that. It is so oh, crap. Man. No, man. no fucking bomb theme. This one ain't, mate. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it is fucking rubbish. I mean, this is a fantastic song, and it's shown up what how good a song it is by how much of a pig's ear Emma Bunton makes. Of oh, it. what was the single? Oh, no. was, that, was, was that "What I Am"? Was the single "What I Am" off of that Emma Bunton record? What I well, am. There's another cover of that one. Yeah. It was a uh, yeah, it was a debut <laughs> album. <laughs> yeah. So I can't oh, okay, it was fucking. Emma Bunton, fuck off. <laughs> Emma Bunton, fuck off is good advice, go. I think, to Emma Bunton. I think that's what I've got tattooed on my knuckles. <laughs> my favourite Dead Kennedy song. <laughs> it could have been Victoria Beckham, so it could have been far worse, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean to be fair, though, Murder on the Dark... No, not Murder on the Dark Floor. What's the fucking Out of song? your mind. Dame Bowser. Yeah, that's a good tune. Yeah, it is. Anyway. Don't remember it. Zoe's only other album, uh, Hammer, from 1996, didn't chart anywhere, which seems like a shame. But, yeah. you know, we'll always have sunshine on a rainy day. I'll tell you what else I didn't realise, um, but you mentioned him just before. You're talking about youth producing the Naomi Campbell mm. thing. He produced this as well. And has he's co-written this and produced it. Because right. they, they were dating at the time, apparently. Oh, him and, hey. him, him and Zoe. Got to say, though, right, if you are, you know... If you are going to go and try and pull off the one name thing, right? Mm. Like, if your name's Pele, your name's Madonna, your name's Enya, you're going to get away with it. Um, your name's Zoe, you're fucking not. I'm saying this as a Dave, right? <laughs> right? And I know, I know there's a rapper called Dave, but in five years, no one's going to remember, right? I've got no issue with the rapper Dave. I think he's great, but you can't. You just can't be called Dave. You can't. No. And you neither can you just be called fucking Zoe. It does make yeah. it very easy for me to find this seven-inch single if I'm looking for it in the box because it's the very last one, though. <laughs> so I like that about Next. it. Yeah. yeah. What, how, you, what, you've got no Zulu Nation? No, funnily enough. Not on seven-inch, no. 12-inch remix only. Racist. Okay. <laughs> um. Right, Renfrey, uh, it's your pick next, and... You've bloody redeemed yourself, haven't you, by picking the New Radicals. You get what you give. We have already previously discussed You Get What You Give by the New Radicals on our... It was actually our first birthday anniversary show yeah. where I picked it as the great party anthem of all time. This is the debut single from the short-lived alternative rock band which entered the UK charts on the 3rd of April 1999, peaking at number 5. The band only released one more single, Someday We'll Know, which made it to number 48 in the UK. Both songs were taken from their only album, Maybe You've Been Brainwashed 2. The band are the brainchild of Greg Alexander, who had two unsuccessful solo albums before this band. Both of them are quite grungy, and I think we said this before when we were talking about it. There was one where he's got long hair and makeup on in the video he just goes you are hitler and i'm a jew into the camera and it is uh, <laughs> not good it is not a good thing the jew radicals wow yeah um the jew radicals <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alexander broke the band up before they even had shot the video for Sunday we'll know he said in a statement that he had accomplished all of his goals with the record and that the fatigue of travelling and getting three hours sleep in a different hotel every night um, to do boring hanging and schmoozing with radio retail people is definitely not for him so he went on to write songs for other people including Life is a Roller Coaster by Ronan Keating um, Renfrey go on 
give us your chat on well, this song. Yeah, he's a laugh a minute, Greg Alexander. Um, he, he was raised in Michigan, but came to Los Angeles as a teenager and quickly secured a record deal with A&M, which issued that debut album from 1989. Then they dropped him. He then moved to Epic, which issued his second album in 1992, and they dropped him. And along the way, he learned how artists were expected to follow trends and kowtow to the industry machine, which he found degrading. So he cobbled together this third album, um, Maybe You've Been Brainwashed too, which included You Get What You Give, and somehow got a third record deal with MCA. And I'm fucking glad he did, because you know what? Not only is this song really good, the album's actually a really interesting smorgasbord of all sorts of different kind mm-hmm. of brick poppy kind of music from the time. And it's actually never got heard s- the album. Never. It's actually like it's all right. Like yeah. I don't think there's a single song on it which is as good as, as good as this. But the album is not bad at all. Um, it's much much better than I expected it to be. An ex of mine absolutely loved it, and she played it to me. I was like, this is actually pretty good. Um, I think there's a sort of controversial element to the song especially these days uh the closing lyric uh rattles off a list of celebrities uh that like he wants to kick uh i think he says kick their ass in i'm not sure if that's grammatically correct but he does say that yeah. uh one of them is marilyn manson uh threatened mm. to crack greg alexander's skull open not because of the kick your ass line but because he didn't like being mentioned next to courtney love not the most troubling thing that marilyn manson has been involved with recently <laughs> in any way shape or form but there we go i mean who'd have thought he was a robin <laughs> <laughs> i mean for fuck's sake why is anyone surprised that marilyn manson whose entire fucking brand is i'm a cunt is a cunt <laughs> yeah there's an element of that definitely um mm. greg alexander put that list in as an experiment to see if the media would focus on the real issues addressed in the song or just or just cotton on to the famous names that he was listing it proved decisively that marilyn manson gets more heat than the healthcare crisis uh is what he said he told mtv there's this whole hysteria and curiosity over peripheral stupidity instead of focusing on real issues and a lot of people i talk to ask me about these real things while a lot of rock media tried to turn it into a cat fight um, that's dated quite badly now, hasn't it? Uh, he's it's like, it's like, it's like grow up, dickhead. They're trying to sell magazines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Grow up. <laughs> fucking pay them some money. <laughs> fucking get the NHS to fucking fund their adverts, <laughs> dickhead. Um, fucking Bellin. Why are you slagging off Beck in your song as well, you cretin? <laughs> but I will say, uh, I mean, Beck has shat out better fucking songs than he has ever written. <laughs> Is this the most uplifting song written by one of the most miserable cunts in the music industry? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> potentially, yeah. Because it is really uplifting. It is really uplifting. I hope he gets throat cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Rit, like, oh, Chris has been pulling some faces while this is going on. So I think, Dave, we will come to you. You just try and hold that <laughs> file down for a little bit. Chris has been pulling some, I can, what can only be described as surprised faces. Is this the song, Krista? that's on the list it is oh you are is. mental i you fucking hate mental. this song i hate you it you are a mental person I terrible can't it. oh my god so bad so bad <laughs> oh it, it 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 rubbed me up the wrong way right from the first time i ever heard it and i it only got worse for me every time it was on after that something about it man it's just grates on me i find it immensely irritating and Tuneless is all hell, which is a much bigger crime. Obviously, you know, we'll all agree is that's that's what you're looking for. I cannot 
abide the the song. Wow. wow okay. I, this, this song make this song makes my balls like recess into my body, you know. It just looks, it makes my makes my like my genitalia look like you know that guy in in the Moss Eisley Cantina that's just got balls for a chin. <laughs> like, that, that's what my entire pubis resembles, like that guy with a proboscis. That's what I, this song makes me hate animals. <laughs> I can't believe this. I think I. I, I mean, look. I. I, respect, I think I like this song more than you, Renfrey. I fucking. I fucking love this song. Wow. I think this is one of the fucking best songs ever made. It's absolutely me and Joe Biden. We're buddies, right? <laughs> like, it's me and Joe Biden. Like they got back together. I just like. I cannot fathom how you would just because the sentiment is. Like you know, cheesy as fuck. It's cheesy American pop music, but it's just. But I don't believe it. That's the problem. I don't believe I... any of it. It, it. The whole thing smells. It, it feels so insincere, and like it, it feels like it. You know, I, I would be more likely to read a book written by gay dad. Do you know what I mean? That's like it, the whole thing just feels so contrived and so cynically put together, and like little lines like, "Oh well, I just put this in here to see if anyone, what the media would report, whether they'd be talking about these." How fucking self-important are you that anyone cares about your take on the healthcare industry? You grotesque yeah. cunt, right? I, I, it, it just, it, it's, it's disimpassionately delivered. It's, it's zeitgeist hit point after hit point. It is. It's got a vague tunelessness to it, and he has a go at Beck. And <laughs> fuck you if you have a go at Beck. Beck is the most underrated songwriter of the. F- so- Be- Beck is the fuck. We don't deserve Beck, any of us. <laughs> I don't think Beck. Like for a start, I don't think Beck gives a fuck. I think Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson probably give a fuck, and they give a fuck because they, you know, like he probably is perfectly happy with Beck. I think that this song is just like absolute movie like popcorn movie credit ending they're driving down route 66 happy together rom-com kind of brainless beautifulness it's like the dumb it the most beautifully dumb like jump and click your heels together song that i've ever heard it's just fucking i think it's fucking great it's so great look my vibe is I'm fucking so happy you guys love it, man. And like, and and that goes for everything. Genuinely speaking, man, I'm like, I would always rather love something than dislike yeah. something, right? I would, I would, yeah. right? Um, but this this song is is gritting an otherwise lovely vagina. <laughs> Um, I don't know if it will make it worse in your estimations or not. Um, if you hear that U2 guitarist, U2 guitarist, The Edge said that this is the song he is most jealous of in 2006 and in time. There we have it. If the guitarist <laughs> in the greatest band of wow. history <laughs> thinks it's good, then what is then? Look, on one in one side you got these two guys. And these two grumpy looking old yeah, men. Yeah. And then on the other side, you got me and the edge. Hey, whose party are you coming to? I think you're coming to my, you're coming to my party. Me, Joe Biden, and the edge. Bring it on. Why the Fair fuck am I not invited? You can come as well. So, sorry, now you've brought the edge into it. All my arguments about insincerity completely go out of the window. You're right. <laughs> We're not having this. We're not having this conversation about you two. Look, man, acting, 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 baby is a fucking brilliant record, right? And, well, you think, and, yeah. And, and they've released a load of others as well. But 
Yeah. That might be like their that might be like their like fifth best album as well. Uh, no, it's not. It is their best album. You're quite right. It is a bit. It is a bit. It's their, each, well. it's their joint first best album, along with the other eight amazing albums that they put out. <laughs> oh, man, I was like, if you, uh, I like, you two remain one of the greatest live bands I've ever been. Probably like top five, certainly top ten shows I've ever been to with Zoo TV. Um, mm. But yeah, but we, hey, we, I mean, we've been recording this podcast for about four hours, and we have not got time to open the <laughs> No, we really haven't. <laughs> and do you know what? No one who listens to our podcast regularly. Everyone went, oh, for fuck's sake! As soon as you said the edge, everyone went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> God, you've given him the fucking lead to go and talk about you two for an hour now. I won't do that. All right, fine. You guys don't like it. Yeah, oh, I, just I can't do it, man. Cannot do it. I'll just, sorry, man. Well, I'll. I feel, I, 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 I mean, I can pretend to. No, 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 if you no, like. it's fine. You don't have to do that. Don't <laughs> want you to do that. Oh, Damage is done. Oh, actually, on second thoughts, oh, quite. <laughs> <laughs> so sincere. So yeah. sincere. I feel, I've, I feel like with Dave's next choice, we're going to be on safer ground here. Um, no Rain by Blind Melon. What a piece of shit this song is. Um, <laughs> the, the second single from the LA rock band from their 1992 self-titled album. It reached number 17 in the UK on the 11th of December 1993, sometime after its initial release in the US. It was actually a number one hit in Canada. They had already had a hit with... Uh, uh, tons of home uh, which got to number 62 and ended up getting two more top 40 uk singles with change and galaxy which peaked at number 35 and number 37 respectively but this the mood is going to change a little bit i think because i feel like this is a really sad one because blind melon to me are certainly not a one-hit wonder band by any stretch of the imagination i would even argue that soup their second album might be superior to their debut record and the tragic death of shannon hoon their lead singer in 1995 following a heroin overdose just five weeks after the release of soup means i guess we'll get we'll never really get to know just how good blind melon could have ended up being but no doubt at all this is their definitive song and i think they left some really really great music behind and i would urge anyone listening to go and listen to blind melon deeper than just this song but if you do listen to this song Search out on YouTube their Woodstock 94 performance um, of this song with Shannon Hoon in full makeup and a dress. It is fucking great. And I don't really have much else to say about this because I love Blind Melon and we'll be off on one. But Dave, go on. Yeah, I mean, again, I have possibly contradicted myself a little bit on this one with, you know... uh uh, you know, I, I, I said earlier that you know, I, you know, I couldn't, you know, maybe give myself um, Temple of the Dog, and you know, the Temple of the Dog album, I did listen to more than the Blind Melon album, and this this song is such a standout for for me, not because the rest of the stuff isn't good, but because this is so good. This is this is a song that I can. Whenever it comes on, it has an emotional effect on me. And I listen to this song quite a lot. I've got it on a couple of compilations. It comes on fairly regularly. And, and it very rarely... You know, there, there are there are songs that can come on and they can be halfway through before you know they're on. This song, from the opening notes, I always know it's on and I'm always in there. And if this song catches me in an emotionally fragile mood, then I'm going to be crying. You know, this song breaks my heart because it brings on all the connotations of uh you know kind of early death through heroin abuse it brings on the fragility of just not being able to fucking handle life and needing a crutch to stand up uh and you know it was it was a a kind of disease if you want to call drug addiction a disease that took a lot of the people that were heroes to me in a really important time in my life people that formed attitudes and formed like kind of 
pathways and ways that I wanted to think about life and the way that I wanted to continue to think about life. Um, and, and that's kind of part of the, the way that that alternative music... When, when I got into music, I, I wasn't a metalhead. I, wasn't, I was an alternative music fan. I was someone that was seeking out what was slightly different to the mainstream. I, you know, And I felt very much part of a tribe when I discovered that through this this kind of music is where I discovered all my friends it discovered my, kind of the pathway to my way of life it, all of that's so so fucking pretentious when you say it but that doesn't make it any less true and this song is just an anthem of of those times for me man I you know I remember sitting around in kind of manky flats you know where with, there wasn't furniture just kind of you know kind of smoking weed and getting high with my friends and just kind of discovering that whole kind of side of life and this song has just grown with me as I've gone through as I've understood more about myself and you know kind of some of my own battles that I've had with a bit of depression and things like that along my time it, it, it just I understand this song more and more as I get older um, and there aren't many songs that I feel that way about um, and I, I just I just love this dearly. This is one of my very, very favourite songs of my very, very favourite uh, time in music. Uh, I, I don't know what more I can say about it, really. I, I think it's a near-perfect track. It's, you know, Shannon Hoon's vocal is perfect on it. The fucking guitar line is perfect. It's got that beautiful thing where it's an, it, it's almost, it's an almost outwardly happy song that is just incredibly tragic and it's got this dark 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 underbelly to it all of that just speaks to me in droves and uh if you don't like this song i'm going to come around your house and fuck your mum well phew my mum's not going to be getting fucked then that's lucky isn't it? you guys are you're either of your parents gonna take a fucking from dave in this song no not not mine um i think this is an absolutely fucking phenomenal song uh and just just like both of you i i, I love blind Mem- melon i think they're incredible i think they are the band that people don't really talk about when we talk about the um um the early tragic deaths um of like you know in terms of like what they would go on to do um you know people are like oh what would the the fourth nirvana album have been like or i think even some people might go what would the second mother love bone album have been like you know um but you don't hear it as much with blind melon i don't think and i think that's a bit of a bit of a um oversight um i think this is a, a beautiful song I, I think it's great i love it krista I think it's a bit dull, if I'm honest. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I think it's a bit flimsy and wishy-washy. Never did it for me at all. I think you're a bit. I think you're a bit. That's fair. I would never deny that. But I remember this being around, and I remember I went to visit uh, the states in '93, and uh, my dad lives over there, and he had MTV. I'd never seen MTV before. He had in his apartment. Watched all I could of that and it was on all the time that the the classic Bumblebee video even then when I was lapping up anything vaguely alternative and from the states I just never ever got this one it always seemed eh whatever this is just a bit nothing you are wow I incredibly misinformed and possibly dysfunctional I'm really really genuinely shocked that you feel that way about this song I mean I think I can look again objectively at something like the new radicals and go well i can see why somebody would just be like oh it's fucking flimsy shit that like you know what i mean it's just like a silly pop song and balls to it whereas this i think this is every time i put it on and i don't know how many times i've heard it it totally i it stops me in my tracks every time as soon as i hear that opening guitar line i think it's like it's just this such a beautifully spidery um 
I don't know. It, it sits it's because it's alternative, but it's also it's quite kind of it's got that hazy LA feel to it as well. I just think it's like that the 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 soup, if you like, the sonic soup of Blind Melon. I think is just they're just a really really interesting band, and I don't know. I think I I feel more like I've, I've I did I didn't get into them loads when I was a kid. It was probably later on when I heard a bit more of them. But I, there's a, there's actually a book called Appetite for Destruction by Mick Wall, um, with and it's a load of articles that he wrote for Kerrang back in the day. And there's an interview with Shannon Hoon that he did for Kerrang, and it's literally five days before Shannon Hoon dies, and he writes a little bit at the start saying oh this is the, the context of what was going on and then he just puts the article in and then he writes a little bit afterwards and there's an interview with Shannon Hoon and he said you know I see all these rock stars they're dying and da, 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 and all this stuff and I don't want to be like that and he's holding his like his newborn daughter while he's telling Mick Wall this stuff and Mick Wall's the last bit is like he died a week after like five days later he was dead fuck right and I remember reading that while I was re- so fucked up when man. I read that in that book and I just shut the book. I remember sitting next to my girlfriend at the time and I shut the book and I just stared forward and she was like, are you all right? And I just properly went, <laughs> wow, bald. And ever since, I mean, and I liked Blind Melon before that, but I don't know, this song, I think I put that song on straight afterwards. And yeah. I think, you know, yeah, it is, there's not loads going on musically. It's not totally original, but it's delivered with such sincerity and like the purity of, of that song, I think is just undeniable totally undeniable and he feels like a really kind of difficult beautiful misunderstood soul shannon hoon i i i'm i'm genuinely a little bit i'm quite shocked that anyone not just not you just anyone could hear this and not be like wow that is a really amazing song i'm I'm gonna urge you to revisit this song in the most patronizing (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i feel i feel i feel the same man you know this this it's just like a beautiful portrait of fragility you know it's because he, he just yeah he I, i'm gonna look out that book because obviously there's a whole guns of the, the whole guns and roses connection yeah, yeah. with shannon hoon as well they're they're kind of the band they're the only band almost that kind of somehow managed to survive yeah. the transition you know because you know they, they they went from all of their associations with guns and roses who became yeah. the enemy and came in and survived you know that kind of alternative music scene you know the like the only other band that were kind of close to that were Jane's Addiction and Jane's Addiction were kind of almost positioned as the antithesis of Guns N' Roses although when you actually look at them very closely all of the fucking stems yeah. are basically the same if you take out the misogyny, misogyny <laughs> and racism and replace it with a different attitude brought on by heroin I know I'm in the minority on this I because again this was another one that came up in your list of the Twitter followers loads of people saying it people loved it. I when this was uh Whenever I was DJing in the 90s, people were asking for this all the time because people absolutely loved it. Just couldn't get past the the fact that it did nothing for me. And I, 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 honestly, I didn't didn't get anything from it at all. I, it was, I didn't try very hard, I'll give you that. I, it was kind of an instant thing. First couple of times didn't hit with me. And I was like, all right, fine, done, next. But never... Okay, uh, so, I'm so, sorry that Chris has ruined the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Inevitability. Um, ever so, ever so slightly in Chris's defence, I think this is a song that it took 
time for me to really really appreciate it and it would i've had you know not to wang on about it but i've had my own sort of struggles with the black dog and stuff and um when uh when i kind of realized because it has that sunshiny kind of feel to it you don't necessarily realize it's a sad song straight away it's a brilliant trojan horse of emotion yeah exactly and and I definitely yeah, think exactly. there was certainly a period of time in life where I was like, oh, yeah, that's a nice jaunty song. It's OK. And then, you know, um, events happened and then I went back to this song somehow and then it like opened up a whole new different thing to me. Um, it's actually I kind of put it in a pairing with uh, My Mind is Dangerous by Life of Agony as a result of that. Those are my two yeah. like depression anthems, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and sort of two songs I listen to when I'm feeling very sorry for myself. Um, but yeah, I kind of put it in the in, in the same sort of category as that. But yeah. So, so Krista, maybe if your life had been True. hard, yeah. you'd understand that. Fuck my life. As I was yeah. saying, that, saying, I did here. think, I really hope I'm not coming across like that. But yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you, you're not, mate. It's just that <laughs> fucking this guy and his fucking goddamn life. <laughs> fucking cheerleaders <laughs> and fucking yeah. the quarterback at whatever happens. <laughs> The Kabaddi, you like is the Kabaddi, Kabaddi captain of Northern Ireland. Wicked, I'm... Um, okay, well, you know, look, hey, sometimes uh, things just don't hit with you. Whatever, like you know, no judgment here. Can't have it all. For those of you, for those of you listening, I would thoroughly suggest if you haven't investigated Blind Melon, you definitely do do that. Um, I have picked Dub Be Good to Me by Beats International as my next pick. The debut nice. single from the UK Hip Hop Collective. Can we call them that? I don't really know. Um, which came out on the 24th of January, 1990. 24th of January, 1990. Just got in here. I actually thought this was released in 1989, so it wasn't initially on my list. I had to, like, elbow stack a bow out of the way to get this in when I noticed that it was. Um, went in at number 15 in the charts before eventually climbing all the way from num- to number one. It was taken from their debut album, Let Them Eat Bingo. It is, of course... The brainchild of former House Martin, Norman Cook, who went on to be Fatboy Slim, who decided to mash up the music from The Clash's Guns of Brixton with the 1983 hit Just Be Good To Me by the SOS band. So, um, little shout out to Adam Valley, who's a listener and our friend in the Audience Please podcast, who... Um, tried to suggest that soul wax and too many djs were the definitive one of the five definitive artists in electronic music possibly because of their their uh, their mashup culture um apparently norman cook did 37 mashups in 1990 so hence why adam i'm sorry too many djs would not make the top five most definitive electronic acts in history just to put that out there in the year that followed the band would have one more top 10 hit won't talk about it going to number nine four more top hits in the top 100 they never hit the top 40 again in 1992 cook split the band up and formed freak power who had a hit with turn on tune in and cop out which is a good song i think as well and then he became a big superstar dj now i fucking love this i remember there's not many times i was 10 and i would look at something and go they're cool and they weren't like he-man or something do you know what i mean <laughs> but i remember like looking at beats international i actually watched them going in at number 15 in the charts on top of the pops i found that on youtube and i watched it earlier and even though they've got the words dub be good to me sewn into their massive baggy trousers they still just look so fucking cool and they even do the first oh, what i believe to be the first ever recorded version of the slipknot jump the fuck up you know the <laughs> they bend down on the and then they jump up so that is the first ever not slipknot didn't invent that beats international invented wow. that 
Uh, fucking awesome. This is fucking great, this song. Surely everyone's on board with me when I say this song's fucking great. Surely. I mean, yeah. Um, all I've got to say is Tan Fly Boss Walk Jam Nitty Gritty. You're listening so to the boy from the big bad city. This is Jam. <laughs> Amazing. This is Jam. I'm fucking, I mean, I, I, that's my whole review of the song. If you, if you, know, if you, if you don't like that, you're a cunt. Krista, <laughs> uh, what do you reckon? You've got it, incredible. Enough, Absolutely incredible song. Blew me away when I heard it as well. Um, 1990, I'd just turned 15. This was brand new to me brand and again like, like they just said that intro was so bizarre and weird but then when that bass drops come well, just a boom 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 boom, boom amazing bass line and i'd never heard guns of brixton at this point at all so i had no idea that it was uh, it wasn't them doing it absolutely floored me i listened to this over and over and over and i looked out for it on top of the pops every week i wanted it to be on the chart show absolutely incredible song i bought this straight away as i could and in classic one hit wonder style did not give a shit about anything else they did because the, the follow-up like you said didn't do well and i maybe heard it once or twice couldn't be arsed never cared again what they did but this song absolutely defining moment of the early 90s for me and my god i fancied lindy layton oh mate she oh, holy God. jesus i've just got a i hate to be that guy but i've just i mean you want you might want to google her she's 50 now right and she looks fucking great yeah like she looks fucking amazing does anyone remember her cover of silly games that was a very good cover that i say with the benefit of not having heard it since it came i out, don't so actually, actually remember that no. it went but... to 22 in the um charts i've got this information in front of me for some reason wow. but yes i don't i don't recall it myself but it, it went it got to number 22 that cover yeah uh, and of course she was in grange hill as well um, who lindy Layton? um apparently so yeah she was a child actress in she grange was. hill i didn't know that right mm. press gang in casualty as well mm. good for her well, Krista, you could uh, you got got some TV, yes, indeed. <laughs> You're talking to someone who was on Why Don't You twice. I think you're fine. <gasps> wow, yeah. Why Don't You? Oh, yeah, amazing. Man. That's wicked. <laughs> that's that's quite good. Not as good as this song, really, but <laughs> no. it is very good. Um, what I will say as well, I mean, I did. There are various versions of this sort of thing. Of course, uh, I, I listened to the Faithless cover. Ugh. Rubbish. Um, oh, and of course, in 2010. Lily Allen and Professor Green had a go at doing this version as well. I want to say, not this. They did try and do this version. Um, Professor Green, not content with shitting on Need You Tonight by NXS, decided he wanted to shit on this as well. Um, and it is it is bad, that. I don't know if you guys have heard that, but Lily Allen's like, I don't care. I don't care what they do to them. And he's like, oh, yeah, tell me what you need them to do, oh, though, fam. Oh, no. Just, he just will not shut up. Oh, people God always damn. telling me what they're telling you girl tell me what they're saying yeah yeah bro it's fucking made me want i mean like yeah, you, you've brought that to life man you have brought that to life i i, I can I, I now never need to hear it because you have it's yeah that's that's a oh mate fucking what's really wrong with professor i mean and i have man. to say like you know obviously guns and brixton's brilliant i think the sos band's version of it is really great as well but this is the the just be good to me that lyric this is the best version of it, even though I think the SOS band song is really cool as well, like a cool kind of 80s funk thing. Yeah. Um, two years ago, the Australian music channel Max named this song as the 630th best song in music history. 630th? 
Yeah, I wow. can only I can't I can't I can think of about seven songs better than this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that sounds precise. It's a kind of it's that, it's that kind of in depth intelligence that we've uh, we've <laughs> yeah. So it's the six hundred and thirtieth best song ever. I, I I bet you ever any money that this the the fucking other the, the, the ones before it all were just by entirely Possibly white bands. bands. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the, the, the music from Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> Mental um, as anything. Renfrey beats international. Dub be good to me. What have you, you haven't said anything about this yet? I like this what a lot. Reckon? It's a really good song. It, it has. Um, it's not a nostalgia one for me because I didn't remember it from the time because I was five years old. Um, mm-hmm. But I have heard yeah. it since uh, multiple times, and I think it's really cool. I think it has a really cool Portishead vibe. I probably heard Portishead before I heard this, um, and not not realizing that um, Portishead came after this. But I think there is a sort of Portishead type thing going on yeah i mean yeah there you go it's really good that song isn't it yes you're talking about uh mashups as well um Mm -hmm. in the late 90s or so i i got hold of a 12 inch of this and there's an acapella on it and it was just after blue boy remember me came out and i found that if you played the bass line of remember me with with the acapella of uh of don't be good to me it worked really nicely and uh, uh, there was a producer mate of mine, uh, we went into, he's, he made dance tracks, and we made a little uh, proto mashup of it, and it worked really nicely. It, it, we put uh, the Soul to Soul Back to Life drum beat over the top of it. Bam, 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 three-way mashup. Nice. Yeah. Nice. nice. Works well. Go. And then too many GJs ripped you off. Fucking pricks. Fucking <laughs> pricks. <laughs> to be fair, they, they're one of the cornerstones <laughs> of dance yeah. music, so they get every right to... <laughs> Yes, Adam's it's like Akon is one of the top five oh, pop artists ever, right? Um, <laughs> uh, I did tweet a poor Adam. He did he tried to fight that corner, and that's fine. He lo- look, I really like Soul Wax. I really like Teenage DJs. They're good. They're amazing. Let's move on, though. Yeah, uh, Christy, you've picked Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. It's a debut single from the LA Soul singer. I'm quite glad we could get a bit of New Jack swing in there. Few people just want to pick you up on this. Few people tweeted me and said, "Return of the Mac" by Mark Morrison. As a great one-hit wonder. If eligible, yes, I agree. Absolutely no way Mark Morrison was a one-hit wonder. Crazy came out before that. That's a big hit. Couldn't have had that. Sorry, just to flag that up if you're wondering where it is. But I'm glad that we could get a little bit of that sort of swing into this chart. Um, taken from the album of the same name, released on 6th of February 1995. Reached number 11 on the UK singles chart. Yeah, two more top 20 hits, two more top 40 hits. And uh, he reprised his song in 2015 with Joe Stone and got to number 15 once again. He's also a pastor now. What a lad. And he was in The Nutty Professor. Yeah. Good for him. Is he? I do that. <laughs> yeah, he's a pastor. Um, a banger of the highest order, Krista. Isn't go it on, though? off you go. That's, that, is, that is pretty much all that I can say because it just is. It's a huge party tune. And when it came out, it was instantly right to the fucking top of the, the record box. This is the one that everybody wants to hear right now. I had never heard the uh, Slick Rick children's story at that time, which is the entire uh, backing for this yeah. song. And so I had no idea that it, it was such a massive steal or anything like that. I just went... My God, this is good. And it, it remains such an absolute party banger to this day. It, it, and fair enough, it, it isn't necessarily as good as some of the songs I didn't put on. You know, I could have had Sir Mix-a-Lot, Baby Got Back, which is a, it's a huge party tune. Uh, Mr. Dobolina by uh, Delafogge Homo Sapien, love it. Of these, of Belle Biv DeVoe, Poison, you know, 
you could argue. Oh, you know, what a fucking you could tune. argue it's it's a one hit wonder over this side of the, the Atlantic, but all of these tunes. I still went for Montel Jordan above it because it just gets me every time. It, it get, it's fucking stupid. Absolutely ridiculous. He's talking about being called a lowercase g. No one's ever said that before. It's not a thing. But it it works in the context of this song and I love it so much. I agree. It's great. Renfrey, go on, slag uh, it off. No, no, no. I'm not going to slag it off. I, I, I actually really like this song. I think I think when you're talking about Do that... You? Yeah, when you're talking about that new beat kind of thing that new beat swing thing it like it is it does sum that up really really well um is it just me or does this song eerily resemble emanates i've got a little something for you (laughs) i know what you're saying there i I Um, get i get what you're saying they actually both came out the same year so i'm not accusing anyone of plagiarism or anything like that but they do sound very similar um (laughs) you think they you think well, Montel Jordan is entirely plagiarised from uh, This is, uh, sounds a bit like Love City Groove, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do, yeah. I do really like it. Yeah, I, I, I like it's good. It, it is better than I've got a little something for you by M and A as well. Um, yeah, this is this is a good song. But again, I don't have loads to say about it apart apart from the fact that it's just a really good song. It's got a good, great groove. And but you'd get up and dance to it, wouldn't you? Get up and dance to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Damn exactly. right, you would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Dave. Um, I mean, I was resistant to this song at the time. Um, I thought it was a kind of weaker version of some of the kind of the G-Funk stuff that was coming out. Um, and it sounded it sounded like a, a like kind of a, a pop R&B track to me. But in, you know, I was being a, you know, I was being a kind of a sceny little prick about it, to be honest with you. And over the years, the song has grown on me. And, uh, you know, I do love it a lot now. It's really good. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just, I I put this on today and I I put it on Spotify and I let it play through and it just played through a bunch of songs that you've already mentioned and some other things. I was like, oh my God, there's just like, just stuff like that just sounds good now, I think. I don't know what has happened because I wasn't really into this. I did like this song, but I wasn't really into this type of thing at all when I was a kid. I was very much like, oh no, no, no. You know, I, I want guitars and I don't want music about having a nice time or (laughs) touching a girl's bottom i don't want a song about that uh i want angst and you know all the kind of blind melanie stuff is what i was more interested but i feel like particularly on a day like today this shit just sounds really good just sounds really absolutely yeah um renfrey you you have your final pick you haven't wasted it have you (laughs) uh (laughs) you picked the crash (laughs) You picked the Crash Test Dummies. Mm-mm-mm. The second, the, the first single from their second album, God Shuffled His Feet. They are a Canadian rock band. This uh, this was released on the first of October nineteen ninety three. Reached number two in the UK. The follow up single, Afternoon for Coffee Spoons, reached number twenty three, and the Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead reached number thirty. What a stupid band. Their song went to number one in Sweden, Australia, Germany, Belgium, Denmark, and Iceland. And it peaked at number four in the US. It has sold 700,000 copies. Each verse charts the suffering and abnormality of a child. Come on, lads. This is top of the pop. Keep it light, for fuck's sake. The video does sort of try and explain that. This is weird as fuck. <laughs> it is. It is kind of weird. Yeah, um, I think it's very brand me, though, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, it's quite depressing and sad and sour. But um, I just like. I just love this song. I just love the melody on this song. There are some very embarrassing things about this song. I think the um, Eddie Vedder Yarl 
thing is in full force here um and it is very very difficult to defend that um i love eddie vedder just to be super clear pearl jam are actually my favorite band but um the all the sort of imitators of that uh that yarling thing are just just generally not my cup of tea i will say um what's the guy's name brad roberts is i think he's the vocalist yeah like Mm -hmm. he actually to give him some some um credit he didn't sing at first when the band formed because he thought his voice was terrible (laughs) (laughs) go with your first instinct don't overthink things brad Um, uh, and when he started writing songs, he realised that he was the only person who could sing them with the delivery that he was after. Uh, a crap delivery, some people might argue. Uh, so he decided to give it a try and a vocal coach convinced him that he actually had a good distinctive voice. Now, whether you agree with good or not is is up for debate, but I certainly think he has a distinctive voice, even among all the uh, Scott Stapps and um, all those other Yalas. You know, I, I do think he is quite distinctive. It's certainly a very rich baritone to say the very least mm. to be honest with you i just love that fucking melody um that mm, i think that's brilliant and yeah, then... there's a, a real blood pump <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a rager i'm not saying it's a dance floor filler i'm just saying it's a great melody and when it opens up towards the end that whole oh yeah i just think that sounds yeah. so i think as a young person I would have been eight when this first came out. I'm fairly sure I would have heard it when I was, you know, in the year it came out. This was like the first song that I heard, which just sounded really had this dour grand cinematic thing going on, which is actually that is a lot of what I like in music. Cinematic Mm. grand dourness. Um, And I can understand why it's easily mocked and I can understand, you know, I, I like there are things about this song which it, it is difficult to defend but i do actually a lot of the music that i listen to now that i love is just probably objectively better but variations on this theme if you really get down to the the nub of it um and yeah i unashamedly love it i'm afraid but i do Fair get play. the feeling that no one else is gonna like it uh dave <laughs> well you mentioned the words uh, poor delivery uh, in there. I mean, this guy's <laughs> going to give Yodel a fucking run for his money, isn't he? I mean, look, let's look at... Let, let, let's let's look, right? Chris Cornell, dead. Lane Staley, dead. Kirk Cobain, dead. This cunt. Frita, cunt on for fucking all time. Without a band and being lauded in podcasts <laughs> by the uninformed. I mean, look, man, this, this is... I mean, you said you heard this when you were eight. They were playing this at your school disco. Where did you go to fucking school, man? Like Tim Burton's house. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is. I mean, this is. I mean, I like a dour song, man. But this is like. This is like if 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 uh, if Disney remade yes. a Nick Cave album, right? and that's, that's as right. bad as that's it sounds. That basically right? is this Tim Burton. Is, imagine, imagine, <laughs> I mean, I mean, this song, man. It was. It, I mean, I was having such a good time when this song came out, and apart from when this song was on, this this song nearly ruined my teenage years and my twenties, and now it's having a fucking pop in my forties. <laughs> Cheers, Rimfrey. <laughs> uh, Krista, what do you think of this song? Um, I I have uh, 
I have no strong feeling like Dave does. I just never knew what to make of this song. I remember yeah. it coming out it just, and thinking... It just ends, doesn't it? It just I, I ends. Like, it just what like... happened there? Was that <laughs> yeah. a, Did that just happen? I, I, I thought it was a joke. Well, that's something I can say for it. Like, it's an unusual song. And it was oh, such, it really a, is. such a massive mm. hit in so many places. And I think whenever unusual songs or unusual stuff gets really, really big, that's always something that I'm really into and I'm really pleased about. But, yeah, there's a minor. Um... Oh, in, that is entirely fair because it, it stands out. You know, it stands yeah. out from yeah. most stuff. But my... I didn't get the I didn't get the same feeling as you. It's like, oh, this is different, so I'm into it. I went, well, this is just a bit weird. Mm. I think I'm going to leave it over there. Oh, this is different. <laughs> so it's bestiality. I mean, I I don't like how it just. I mean, I, there are things about it that I can look at and I can go, well, that is the the choices you've made, and it's become like say a massive hit single. It's not really got a chorus. Don't really know what it's about. I mean, I know they say it's about a load of abnormalities, and, but they're really kind of a it's only three odd minutes long. Like they don't really give it enough room to breathe and become something. And then just when you think that core, that when that choir comes in, you go, ah, something's going to happen. They just sort of put their instruments ends. down and go feed that. They're like we'll just fade out. <laughs> it's like, you've just what you haven't done anything apart from go <laughs> like you know you're like fucking Wizard of Oz's which of the West's bloody monkey that oh, oh, oh. don't do that and then go <laughs> they'd had enough man they just, they just cut their losses Stephen they, they, there's been like oh, well, they, oh, they oh no I don't think they've released part of this. seven more albums since this <laughs> oh the choir yeah, yeah the, the choir, choir. Have, yeah, they've yeah, just been like yeah. no fuck this like we we like no well we, we were bought here under false circumstances and our premises and Oh, now we're going to leave these. Yeah. I think it's. A, I can see why some people would say it's a foolhardy decision. I think it's quite a wise decision because the very best part of the song um, is just the last twenty seconds, and and, it, and they only do that bit once, which makes you well, it makes me uh, go back and play the song again, and that makes me go back and play the song again and again and again and again. Renfrew, this is not good. This is like an abusive relationship. <laughs> <laughs> this it's time it'll be different. Thing. This time it'll change. <laughs> So there'll be a chorus. <laughs> Renfrey, could you could you show could you show me like, where music touched you on this doll? Um, their last album released in 2010. It was called Ooh La La. Why can't they just give things names rather than a load of noises? <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess it was. And they got one called Biggity Biggity Bong as well. And Googie Gaggle. <laughs> Goo Goo Ga. Bing Bang Bong. Ooh Brilliant. La La. <laughs> Chris Castamis, the party is. It's like all of a this sudden. Is a new, like, this, on a <laughs> yeah, this is Can a new song see? from our new. This is the first song from our new album called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really. <laughs> our album of Venga Boys comes. I'm, I'm not feeling it, Renfrey. I think I'm. I think I'm. I'm not feeling it particularly. I, I never really got it at the time. I certainly don't get it now. I don't get it. I don't think this is a very good song to be honest. I think this is actually. I think Eagle Eye Cherry's better than this. <laughs> I suspected this would be my uh, the, the the most loathed song um, of the ones that I picked. I think it may well be. Um, I don't know, Eagle Eye Cherry, Dave, or this. Oh, um, oh I know. I prefer mm. Eagle Eye Cherry by quite okay. a, a considerable margin. I would, if in fact, if I could only ever listen to Eagle Eye Cherry again, and just not have to have heard this song, I'd be happy. 
I mean, I say happy, but I mean, I'd be <laughs> less suicidal. You might suicidal. be pleased to know, well, you might actually be quite annoyed to find out that in 2000, uh, Brad Roberts was nearly killed in a car accident. Nearly? <laughs> Tickle my ball, <laughs> But Grimfrey. escaped with a broken arm before his car exploded. Yeah, like wow. from a film. <laughs> like, Ooh, crazy. Then he, then, he wrote a song, then he wrote a song about it called... <laughs> So all those things you're saying about like Kurt Cobain and Lane Staley and Chris Cornell, an alternative mm. reality where maybe that happened, who knows? I mean, I mean to be fair, what you can say about about him that you can't say about any of the other artists is that, it, that none of them weaponized COPD <laughs> as a vocal style. It's true. Uh, so there you go, the crash test dummies. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, fair enough, uh, Dave. Your last pick. You have gone for informer by snow now like most reggae singers darren kenneth o'brien was born in canada uh you might know him as snow his debut album was called 12 inches of snow which is very very carry on of him which i love i mean i love Absolutely that That's one of my favorite informer bits of was the lead single from said album it was released on the 20th of august 1992 went to number two in the chart i bought a copy on seven inch you are welcome darren he never hit the uk top 40 again but he did have three more top 100 hits uh this song won the canadian juno awards in 1994 for the best reggae album that hotly contested category i'm sure a bit like winning the best irish folk jig at the paraguayan grammys that isn't it it's uh, snow um got a lot of shit from people in the aftermath of um of this song and you know kind of he was post vanilla ice and pre fred durst jim carrey just like he did on uh, with vanilla ice took the piss out of him on living color which actually i would suggest you watch him doing snow him doing snow as popeye on living color is genuinely laugh out loud funny but before you get into it dave if i was the queen of england and someone came up to me and said informer by snow is the greatest song ever made I would give them a knighthood immediately <laughs> because it basically is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it. I mean it really is, mate. I mean i've I've had a uh, I've had a love affair with this song that has lasted for uh, for many many decades now. I it started. I, I was just a I was just a lonely traveller at the time. I was a a seventeen year old boy. I'd been gifted some money by my parents, um, which I should have spent on a car, but instead I went to visit. Uh, family in America and uh, hung out there and there were several days when they didn't have holiday so all I could do is sit and watch MTV and eat American chocolate all day uh, and this song was riding high in the charts uh, and they were playing it with a lyric video so Ooh, I made it my mission impressive. to learn every word to this song and wow. fucking manage that motherfucker uh, and for many years it was my party piece but uh, look, the thing is right I, what I can't get this is a fundamentally fucking silly mm. funny song right uh, you know, viewed through an ironic sphere, it's it's a funny, ridiculous curiosity that you've got this white Canadian guy who has somehow developed some level of, you know, kind of semi-credible, um, like, <laughs> arguably, toasting. Um, I mean, you know, you don't want to have a toaster in the snow, it'll melt, but, like, it, 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 it's a weird curio that he can do this. Obviously, it is... In, like in, in our current environment and, and with the things that we have learned, 
is incredibly inappropriate. It's cultural appropriation at its very worst. But at the heart of it, it's quite a good tune. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's massive, man. You know, send daddy misnomi are to blame. I licky boom boom down, right? The bigger them are on them, think them are more power. <laughs> I mean, come on. Took me in the back of the car at the station when my destination reached called East Attention. Pulled Pull down my pants, pants look, look up, look up, up my butt. Bottom. Bottom. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. And fucking MC Shan. Fucking old Turns school. Out. He MC won't turn in former. He won't, but MC Shan. He got fucking MC Shan in the track, right? Who comes in, well, at least I'm cool with my dippy dippy girl. Fucking brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Everything about this song is fucking brilliant and hilarious. And you, whichever way you look at it, whether you're looking for a solid fucking uh, reggae-tinged pop track or the most hilarious thing you've ever heard in your life, you look through a different window and you can find it. This is a Swiss army knife of a song a canadian army knife if you will um and i'll fucking like i will die defending this song with my life Matt, i i can be it can be it could be four in the morning and i could be trying to sleep hungover 10 beers drunk and if i hear i'm out of bed <laughs> headbutting a woolly mammoth like i am yeah. ready to fucking go this song is absolutely brilliant and i will cock fist to death anyone who <laughs> dares <laughs> dares to say anything bad about it Remfrey I'm oh, going to throw to well, you my cock remains intact because <laughs> this song is fucking amazing um, I love this song I think this is um, same level as Hot Stepper which we've already uh, spoken about in terms of like classic 90s one hit wonders it's i mean i wish i wish i could do and well i don't wish i could do the 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 rap because it'd be incredibly inappropriate these (laughs) days um but um i think i I think it's just it's just such a catchy cool song and like it sounds as impressive now what snow is doing it sounds as impressive now as it did back then you know and it is silly it's so fucking silly what a silly song but so scatman john as well yeah well quite exactly yeah so uh, you do go cool you can he can scat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he sure can scat. Um, so no, no, I, I, I think this is a, a, an absolutely brilliant song. He's a bit of a naughty boy as well, isn't he, Snow? He's like a, he's, he's quite authentic in his kind of uh, rap sheet and so on and so forth. Is, is that right? I believe so. Yeah. He's well, quite... he wrote this song while he was being detained for aggravated assault. I think. There we go. Uh, while he was in prison, and then it was released just as he was being put back into prison for another eight months. Uh, as this was a, a massive hit, he was in jail. Which is not a reason to like it, by the way. I'm just saying that he's authentic. <laughs> yes, indeed. I'm, yeah, but, I'm not but, saying but, that uh, makes it better. I'm just saying. I mean, it's referenced in the song. Uh, of course, you could, you know, uh, but me born and raised in the ghetto that I want you to know. Uh, pure black people, man, that's all a man know. Yeah, my show I tear up and my toe used to show. Uh, where me born in RD1 Toronto. So. <laughs> I think Dave's just had a stroke. What's happened right there? Chris, do you like this, don't you? Oh, this is wonderful. This is absolutely wonderful. It it is so ridiculous in in every single way. Um, But it is catchy as hell and so much fun just to to pretend that, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm one of the, in the hood. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking gangster. Mate, we know we're not. Come on, look at us. We know we're not. But... I can, I can pretend as much as anyone else. Uh, I love it. I love it. 
fucking amazing. Uh, Snow actually released five more albums after this. None of them did so well, to be honest. But in 2019, he turned up in the song Con Karma with Daddy Yankee, which has gone three times platinum in Italy. <laughs> Take that, Jim Carrey. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's needless to say, Snow had the last laugh. I'm going to say that that, that is the reason they won the World Cup. <laughs> or the Euros, whatever it was. The, 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 the foot sports. Yeah. They won the but, foot I mean, sports. Just such an incredibly brilliant song. And I, it's so good, I'm almost tempted to just end the podcast on it because I'm not sure my last pick can really live up to it. I also I do love the fact that um, it only got to number two, that one. Uh, but it was mm. kept off number one by Oh Carolina by Shaggy. And at number mm. three was Shabba Ranks yeah. with Mr. Loverman. So that oh. was that was the UK going all out for for a little bit of pop reggae, yeah. please. Now that's yeah. a sandwich right there, it you was, know. It was it was it was like those seven weeks in nineteen ninety one where, you know, there was Guns N' Roses and Metallica and Red Hot Chili Peppers and Nirvana and Soundgarden all yeah. released albums within that tiny little period of time. This is like the equivalent for pop reggae. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was just like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is also one, um, apparently Pitchfork named this as one of the seven worst US number ones of the 90s. So that's Pitchfork well, for you. Pitchfork. They can fuck yeah, off, well, can Pitchfork can suck my dick. Yeah. Yeah, fucking get back in your lane and review a fucking Mogwai album. <laughs> talk about Modest Mouse. Are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got my Mogwai tickets for Ali Pally, mate. Don't worry. There, There is one other song in our One Hit Wonders list that is also in that list of seven. By, right. Uh, yeah. Okay. But um, what's, what's, your next, uh, what's your next choice there, Steve? Well... <laughs> It's been one week by the Bare Naked Ladies. The first single released from the Canadian rock band's fourth album, Stunt, which was released on the 3rd of August 1998, peaked at number five on the UK singles chart. And ready, American listeners and Canadian listeners, are you ready? Are you ready? They only had one more top 40 hit in the UK, which was called uh, when uh, It's All Been Done went to number 28. They managed to get into the top 100 three times. The highest one of that three being peaking at number 52 so listen i've had conversations with americans and canadians about this band and you call them a one-hit wonder it's like telling renfrey that radiohead are a one-hit wonder you know they actually <laughs> fucking freak out but over here americans yeah we have taste don't we so you know like mr blobby and uh this band were never gonna fly over here but I am aware that they have been inducted into the Canadian Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I am aware that they are a big deal in other parts of the world, but believe me, I have tried listening to the rest of their back catalogue, and no thank you very much indeed. I just want this two minutes and 58 seconds of their entire career. Thank you very much. And this sort of reps for something which we sort of started with a bit with Harvey Danger, which we haven't fully featured because... I think Harvey Danger is a little bit too cool to be considered the the teen movie soundtrack song. Really, this is full blown American Pie, you're, like road trip, dude. Where's my car? Which for me is like it's a fun thing. And yes, this isn't really rap. You know, they can talk fast. It's sort of something else. It's a dumb, cheesy, absurd, very very uncool, nerdy song. And I knew I was going to have to probably come on and say preface all of that stuff. Because there's two things about this. You probably haven't noticed. The bass player is doing some really mad shit on this song. If you go back and listen to it, he's doing some... Doo-dum, boom, 
like it's a really weird kind of jazzy bass line but you don't notice it really made it sound well in context because you don't know but it is it's just like really off kilter mathy sort of jazzy thing and i was like that's really weird but you never notice it because they can talk really fast about chicka to china the chinese chinese chicken, chicken. Mm-hmm. and you know paul mccartney said they're one of his favorite modern bands so you know <laughs> me paul oh, mccartney joe biden the edge <laughs> We're having a great, we're having a great. That is chicken to Chinese to Chinese chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Um, <laughs> oh, I, nice. I think you know this song isn't really. It's the, the chorus is about something, and everything else is just this mad, stupid script stream of consciousness. But I'm kind of impressed by it's not rap. Like let's not pretend that they're that they're, they're rapping. They're just talking fast. But it's super catchy and it's just again a bit like snow just kind of impressive to hear them be able to do that no it's kind of like the nerdcore rap movement before the nerdcore rap movement isn't it it's mm. like you know it's 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 kind of vaguely wrapped music by men wearing slacks um i fucking love this song when it came out i've I'm, I'm not sure i'm as enthused by it these days as i once was it is i've got a, a playlist called the best pop songs of all time it's on it um I, I I loved this song when it came out. It really kind of struck me a certain way when it came out, uh, and I loved the wordplay. I loved the fucking weird bass, and I like the and I like the chorus. I I do like this song. I don't love it, mm. but I do definitely like it. I I think just to echo Dave's sentiments there, I think I feel exactly the same. Like I think this is a is a good song, and when it comes on, I really like it. When it's not on, I don't think I ever think about it. If I'm totally honest, um, but but when it's on, I'm like, yeah, this is a cool song, and oh, he's, he's singing really fast. I like that. Uh, yeah, I like it. It's good. I'm not sure it's quite as good as you might think it is, Steve. But it is very. very Actually, good. I was the other way round from Dave because <laughs> at the time, whenever this came out, I thought it was shit, and I really. It went fucking novelty nonsense. What is this crap? But again, mellowing out over the years, it's just been played often enough that I'm like, this is actually fun. You know, I can't be such a dick about it anymore. This is this is a good fun tune. It's I would never have put it. It's not even on my top thirty. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have considered it for one of mine. But I no no longer have the strong feelings that I used to have against it. And I think yes, it's pretty pretty all right. Yeah, I kind of put it in with like they might be giants. That's in that yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. I know. mean, I, I I like what I love all that shit. You know, it's got it's that it's. I mean, we mentioned Ben Folds. I think it's probably worth sure. Ben yeah, Folds yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. You know, Weezer. I mean, it's probably like something like El Scorchio by Weezer, which has got just song. as much like kind of yeah. weirdness about it, and even. Shiny Happy People by REM. I think there's a, a little bit of a through line mm. to that in it. And obviously, nothing Touch else that. that REM have done, to be fair. But that one particular, <laughs> yeah. that yeah. one particular song, I think you could look at it and go like, oh yeah, you know, like I, I, I love the, I kind of just love the, the, the bullshit, the balls to go. We are five blokes in like sensible shirts, and we've got glasses and we've got goatee beards, but and acoustic guitars. But we're going to do some kind of rap rock song. Like the fucking na- like the the nads on you to even try that, you nerd. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like but I, you know, but somehow they managed to pull it off. Somehow yeah, they managed to pull it off. Yeah, and I don't think you're wrong. It's it's super short as well. It's like it's over before it's even begun. So you just suddenly get you just get head spin and then you're in and then you're like oh and then it's like oh Harrison Ford oh Aquaman oh I'm watching X Files <laughs> I got Chinese chicken I wouldn't have a, if I did a 
I, I, I make mad films like Kurosawa. Okay, I don't make films, but if I did, they have a samurai. Right? And you go, what, 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 what? And then it's over. Yeah, and then it's over. It's got to be said, we, we are big fans of brevity in pop music yeah. podcasts, aren't we? We are yeah. We're like, yeah, brevity. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. We're, yes, yes, brov. Yes, brev. Yeah. Wicked. It's yeah. the shortest song on the playlist. Shortest song Is it? of all of okay. the choices, I believe. Thank, yeah, thank I you. I appreciate so. that. All right, well, there you go. So I'm taking the credit for that song being short. <laughs> you know, that? Thank you very much. Yes, yeah, so I tried very on, hard on that one, my, yes. On my song that I picked. Um, you also picked you the go. only number one song on this uh, on the playlist as well. And well, that'd be good to me. Yeah. I, see, I wondered, I thought that, but then surely something else got... No. Nope. Is it Foreman <laughs> or UK number one? No, two. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, there you go. No, I've got a little oh, spreadsheet, yeah. nothing else. Well. There you go. You took Veruca Salt didn't get to number yes, one. Sure. That's what? what? The world's <laughs> gone mad. What a shock. Um, anyway, look, it's been three and a half hours. I didn't think it's going to be that long. Yeah, fuck um, me. Good luck editing this. Yeah, yeah. That'll be my job. Yeah, well, well, you shouldn't have picked the crash test dummies. To be fair, mate, you can probably like like get an hour about by just taking out everything that you can't broadcast that I've said. <laughs> <out>. so, <laughs> no, leave, leave that in. Um, uh, Anyway, uh, gents, thank you so much. Dude, that was so much show. fun. Thank you. Uh, Deli- blast, man. Delighted to have you guys on. It's been a little while that me and Renfrew have been chatting about doing this for a little while. Um, so we're glad that we could get yeah. it done. Obviously, you know, it's something a little bit special for our third birthday. But if ever you want to come on and maybe talk something about something a little bit more serious one day, maybe we could do some sort of... I mean, this has been... Obviously, I was deadly serious about getting people who, who like snow getting a knighthood. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if ever we were to do something you know a bit more serious then it would be great to have you guys on as well and everyone listening go and listen and subscribe and leave a nice review for Pop Collaborate and listen because you know they deserve the Heavy Music Award that they're not even nominated for we <laughs> fucking don't we don't want we don't want that so <laughs> like, keep it away from us well mate thank you so much for having us on man it's been an absolute pleasure and we'll you know we'll get you guys uh, we'll get you guys across uh, on ours as well for a bit of a cross pollination yeah. Yeah. And listen, I don't like know. Like I said, I said we got two two unlimited albums coming up, and you look so like the guys, guys to do it. Well, definitely <laughs> pen, pencil. Um, there's a second one, pencil uh, Renfrey down for that. Nice, one. cheers, man. Lovely, right? Yeah, so do that. All right, <laughs> lovely. We better get going because it's as long as fucking it. This is uh, it's a four part. As, as long as the Crash Test Dummies song feels. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, see you later, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back with regular programming very soon. Take it easy, guys.